Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander in Tucson, along with Bunker to Friends. That's me. And our other uh, amigo, Todd Roberts, is someplace in Los Angeles. Who knows where? Maybe He's, he's looking a... for prunes. No, he's. I think he's looking for a hair salon. <laughs> that, <I'm> a... <laughs> anyway. Who's our guest? Our guest is Texas Gal. A Texas Gal? Texas Gal. We well, got... they're okay. My mom know. was a Texas we got, Girl. We got Vicki J. Rose, also known as Easy Jackson. Hi, Vicki. How are you? And VJ. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you very much. I hope you guys are doing okay. We are doing well. Vicki is a, uh, a writer, an author uh, with um, uh, Western Writers of America, and Western Writers of America is one of our sponsors, and we are so happy about that. And Of course, the literature that comes out of Western Writers of America is, well, I don't know. I don't think words can describe it. <laughs> Well, it's all about it's words. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous. It's all about fabulous. words. I'll just tell you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That 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 sells it right. You know, spe- <laughs> speaking of words, young lady, you blew me right out of my socks because I, I I try to research as much as I can, and I think I've read the openings of all of your books and short stories, even a couple of articles and stuff. And I'll tell you what, you've got a way of turning a phrase, but even more important, more impressive to me is you create some of the best characters, and that's one of the hardest things, I think, in writing, because so many, so many writers will write a great story, but some of the, you know, the hero may be well-written, but somehow Somebody always manages to be poorly written. And I'll tell you, I've got a new favorite character, Chicken Wing. <laughs> oh, that was actually, Chicken Wing was named after a, a guy that my cousin worked with at a at a, a, a smoldering plant or whatever you call him. And he was named Chicken Wing, and I thought that was the cutest nickname that I stole. <laughs> but the reason I'm... I thank you very much also for saying that. But one reason why perhaps I am good at characters is because I grew up with characters. I grew up in a small town that was full of crazy characters, and I loved every one of them. So it, that 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 makes a difference. When I don't actually base my characters on them, but I can pull them from my memory, and I take a little of this person, and I take a little of that person, and I can put them all together and come up with a character. When you were growing up in this small town in Texas, I Mm -hmm. assume it was in Texas, did you ever think uh that you would be writing about those people? Uh, When I was in the sixth grade, I I was fascinated with Frank and Jesse James, and I wrote a play about Frank and Jesse in the sixth grade. And, you know, I wrote a little bit in high school because he had to. And and when I was in my 20s, I started writing. I had a, had a baby. I was at home. I started writing again. And I realized that I really didn't know very much about life. And, and I thought, well, I'm going to wait until I'm a little wiser, and then I'm going to put this aside and wait until <laughs> I'm a little wiser and start again. And I started writing again in my late 40s. 
and I wasn't really any wiser. I just realized I was going to die soon, so I might as well start <laughs> writing. You know, and and uh, I started writing again, and I hadn't gone to college. I just had a high school education. I went to, I took what I'd written, and I went to a um, a, a workshop with John Nesbitt and Mike Blakely were my uh, leaders in this workshop, and I, I turned my staff in, and poor John Nessus was just horrified. He just said, you've just done this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, <laughs> and I just went back into my hotel room or wherever I was at and just cried and cried, and then I thought, well, he didn't really criticize my talent. What he was criticizing was my grammar and punctuation, because John is actually an English professor, besides being a very well-known Western writer. So uh, my mother had always wanted me to go to college, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go to college. I'm just going to take journalism in college. So I went back to college as an old student, and I started out at Sam Houston State, and then where Dan Rather went to school. And I went there, and then I transferred over to Angelo State in San Angelo, Texas, where Elmer Kelton lives. And maybe just being in the same town with Elmer rubbed off. I never really saw him there, but I, maybe just being in, in close Spirit. proximity rubbed yeah. off on me. Yeah. But I graduated from there. But I tell John Nesbitt, I said, John, it's, it's your fault that I have a, I have a college degree. <laughs> you know, you said he, he criticized your grammar. Now, what did your grammar ever do to him to make him be so mean? Well, he is, that's his job. He's an English professor, and he's supposed to be very strict on that kind of stuff. I tell people, and I've had people tell me this. They say, you write better than you talk. I try to use the correct, you know, grammar and punctuation when I write, but when I talk, I just, you know, I grew up saying, that there and over yonder and that kind yeah. of stuff and well, and we just grew up talking like that and I've never really gotten out of that. Well, habit did you that. ever notice there's no punctuation in talk? That's right, there isn't. Yes. And, and, yeah, and, and plus, plus the plural of of y'all is all y'all. I mean, everybody knows all, that. All y'all. Everybody knows <laughs> that. I thought it was y'alls. No, it's all y'all. <laughs> no, all y'all, y'all. Maybe it's y'all. different parts of the country of y'alls. <laughs> where I come from, it's all y'all. You know, it's funny. Before the show, I was telling Harry, you know, that reading, you know, reading what I read about you and some of your background and where you grew up and everything, I says, you know, Harry, I says, her hometown is the town in every town she writes about it. She just makes it, adapts it to that yeah, town. Yeah. And all the characters are all the people that she grew up with. Yep. And, and you just said that. I thought, that's so cool. Yep. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. We, but my grandparents loved history, and my father did too. But my grandparents, that's what they did. They talked about stuff that happened in the old days. And my grandmother's side was on the side of the law. Her her uncle was the sheriff, one of the deputy sheriffs in Lee County. And my grandfather was, his his side was kind of sort of the outlaws. And so they'd fight over who had the sorriest kinfolks. That's cool. <laughs> but they'd, relive, they'd relive history all the time. Oh, and yeah. I could just kick myself for not writing oh, all yeah. those stories oh, yeah. down. Oh, 
when you're little, you just think your grandparents are going to live forever. They're always yep. going to be there. You're always going to know this stuff. And and now I get together with my friends, and we try to hash it out over, not as this. No, no, it wasn't him. It was this person over here. And, and, and we get... We, you go, oh, why didn't we listen better? But yeah. I guess I listened enough to try to pick, you'd be, pick it up. be out there somewhere with them, and they'll you know, look over across the meadow or something in a little creek, and they'll see a rock, and they'll say, you know, over there on that rock, so-and-so <laughs> did, yeah. and, you, and you're going, yep. wow. Because, yeah. you know, I grew up I grew up in Rodosa, but it was, it was small town then. And mm-hmm. the thing was that I, I saw, and it's what we try to do with the show here, is it was small town. It was ranching and farming, uh, and some logging up in there. Uh, but storytelling, because this was no, there wasn't television and that kind of stuff. And like you said, like you're you're, you're sitting there and listening to your grandparents, uncles, you know, telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it'd be a story you've heard a hundred times, and you'd still you laugh at all the right places and cry at all the right places. Well, and sometimes it get a little mm-hmm. just told just a bit different. Hey, Todd Roberts is with us. Hi, Todd. Todd, where are you? I hear you. Wait a second. Maybe I. Oh, okay. Uh, Todd, Todd always does hey, this to us. No, he doesn't. Uh, hang on here. Okay. I'm used to waiting on me, folks. There's time. There was. Hi, I'm sorry that I'm late. I apologize. I'm That's not okay. going to lie to you. There, you have there was a female and some drinks involved. Okay, very good. But I'm Uh-oh. here. <laughs> you have a note? <laughs> no, Bunker. I didn't bring a note. Let's go stand in the corner. But I'll, but I'll send a. I have a photo. All okay. right. Very good. All right. Most excellent. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Harry, Harry, introduce Todd to Vicky. Vicky, this is Todd Roberts. Uh, our man in Hollywood. His dad produced both Monty Walsh movies, among others, and uh, Todd's a member. Uh, I don't know if he still does, but uh, cowboy action shooting and and bunches of stuff like that. He's a fun guy. It's so nice to meet you, Todd. Maybe I'll well, meet you in person pleasure. one of these days. Oh, Great, I would. I would very much enjoy that. I very much well, enjoy I hope that. We, uh, I hope we have a. It'd be nice if we could have a Western Writers Convention in Hollywood. I don't know if we'll go back to California or not. Actually, you want to go to nice New Hall and have it up at the William S. Hart Park. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or yeah. at least at the Autry Museum. Yeah, or the Autry Museum, yeah. Perfect. That's where I really want to go. I want to go to the Autry Museum. Oh, I, man. A, f- a friend of mine, we went, we, 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 I went to high school with. We got, we're both poor, and we got our income tax return one year, and we said, you know what we should do? We should go try to get on the prices right. Get <laughs> <laughs> ready. And I said, well, I, 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 I said, well, you know, I've never been to Las Vegas. I said, let's go to Las Vegas, and let's drive to, to Hollywood, and we're going to try to get on the prices right. So we went to Las Vegas, and, and I did not realize that the scenery between Las Vegas and Hollywood is horrible. <laughs> it was just terrible. But we got there, and they told us, we said, okay, we're here to be on the prices right. And they said, we well, got to get in line. And we said, okay, where's the line? And they said, well, there's people that come at, at, two, at 2 o'clock in the morning to get in line for the prices <laughs> right. And we went, well, all right. Well, that's the reason we came. So there we are on the sidewalk in in Los Angeles at 2 o'clock in the morning with all these the 1930s. That we was had a power later. surge here. lost you for a second. Yeah. Uh, I'm here. Uh, well, that's I'm okay. Here. Okay. There was your fault. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're, we're, yeah. Back, we're back together. 
the the the. Uh, well, there was I a, hope y'all have. It turned off. I hope off. y'all heavily edit this. I'll, I better tell you that right now. I hope no, you heavily we edit. We don't this. edit anything. Anything you say is here forever. That's right. Oh no! Yeah, Vicky, we don't. Uh, Vicky, we've never edited any of the times that we've had too much liquor. Prior no, to the show. Why would we edit now <laughs> with you? You, you? you remember the, uh, the the that missing eighteen minutes in the Watergate tapes, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I was uh, had a little hand in that. Teasing. <laughs> <laughs> That's that tape you keep playing over and over. It is. <laughs> oh no! Speaking, speaking of just uh, strange Harry. things like that, I was down at the ranch today, yeah. and they got a, a, a little sign out in the front. It's for people that you know, bird watchers. They write down what they see, and one one person wrote down antelope because there's antelope down there, but somebody else spotted an Elvis. Not an Elvis. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, gosh. Like How him. old would he be by now? <laughs> his, be, uh, his walker would have a walker. 83. He'd be 83. Oh, well. oh he'd be older than that because I'm 80. I bet, I bet, I bet he, could, he could open his He was born in mouth, though, 1937. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, well. Thank you, baby. By the way, you should know, Vicky, that uh, uh, Harry interviewed the Beatles. Yes. When he was in the army. Really? Yes. So this is you're talking to a true legend. <laughs> yeah, right. In my mind. Well Yeah, and, I and Bunker and I have interviewed a few bottles of tequila. <laughs> I have never well. drank tequila. I don't like tequila. <laughs> that's what he says. That's that's why you that's why you stopped drinking it. So oh, I've never started. When you, you interview the bottle, you know you've had too much. I avoid. I tell you. Hey, we're talking with uh, we're talking with uh, Texas author Vicki J. Rose. You might know her as E.Z. Jackson. That's E-A-E-E-A-S-Y, not E-Z. What a great uh, name. It is. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, when we come back. we got to do a commercial break here. So, Vicki, hang on the horn. We'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very, very important messages. We'll be right back. the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest is Vicki J. Rose out of Texas. This tune sounds a little bit like a Marty Walsh thing, doesn't it, Todd? 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 Todd, are you there? <laughs> Todd's gone. We got Todd. He's looking for that bar meat again. <laughs> Apparently yeah, so. Yeah. Well, anyway, it, it does sound like a little bit of a Marty Walsh tune uh, that, that we might have well, you know, um, anyway, you know, I, I, I think we should talk a little bit about her accomplishments. I think one of the ones that I think is really something is 2018. She was the best Western author uh, for True West magazine, and uh, I think that's you well. Know, I want to know how the how the moniker Easy Jackson came about. Yeah, I know. My editor. Uh, Gary Goldstein told me that um, you know women will buy books with anybody's name on them. They don't care. But men get a little embarrassed buying a Western in Walmart with a woman's name on it because they're afraid somebody's going to think they're reading a romance. So he suggested that I use my initials or that I use a a man's name. And I said, okay. I said, I don't really care about using my initials so much. And Rose does doesn't sound too, you know, that sounds kind of romantic, too. And I and I said, here's a list of my family names that have been in my family. And I said, you pick the last name. So he picked Jackson. That was one of my ancestors. And I had gone to school with this big old guy, and he walked real slow, and he was real easy going. Well, that was his nickname, was Easy. And I always thought that was the cutest nickname. So I told Gary, I said, I want to be Easy Jackson. And he said, are you sure you want to be easy? <laughs> and yeah. I went, yeah. She's easy. Really <laughs> I know. I said, but I think it's really catchy. So yeah. he said, well, okay. And he was not enthused about it until the sales department got a hold of it. And they loved it. Mm. And they said, oh, no, that's, it, that's, that is catchy. That's good. So, it's classic. And I have friends. She said, I think you ought to be easy with a Z. And I said, no, I don't want to be easy with a Z because then people think I'm a rock Anyway, that's where that name came about. That Jackson, he was what, your great, great, great grandfather? He yeah, he actually had come, had come over from Texas. 
was before Texas was a state, and he went to help somebody build a log cabin and got caught in a blizzard and died. But um, anyway, he's he's one of my kids. So and they have a whole whole bunch of them like that, and they're all characters too. But the, some of them were bad, and and they came over with Stephen F. Austin and. People get mad at them, and they call them. Those, they wrote Stephen. They wrote a letter to some general and said, "Those people are nothing but devils." Blah blah blah. <laughs> going, oh my God! What are they But they were friends with Sam Houston, and uh, well, that they, they had. I had one set of ancestors that was real good friends with Sam Houston, and another set of ancestors that was good friends with Sam Houston. And Sam Houston came to visit them, and and they just. Had, they just had a baby, and they said, "Have you?" He said, "Have you named that baby yet?" And I said, "No, we haven't named it yet." And he said, "Well, why don't you name it after me?" Well, I found out later that Sam Houston went all over Texas trying to talk people into naming <laughs> the baby after him. They said, "Okay, so well, they named is... Sam Houston." And bless his heart, he turned into an outlaw. And and I I thought ever since then I thought you know it's really better if you don't name your kids. <laughs> it's too much for them to live up to, you wow. know. <laughs> Wow. You look at a Western movie and half the bad guys are more Texans. Yeah. Hey, if you got a question for Vicki uh, or Easy, if you want to call her that, um, here's how you do it. You can either email it to us at uh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. You can post it on our Facebook page, which is Voices of the West. Or if you happen to be listening uh, to the live stream, um, you can uh, do a chat there. i got a chat window open here. And uh, that's what the um, Mixler thing. So uh, post a question and we'll pass it on and get it in. Unindate us. Yeah, unindate us, please. Well, I've got a question. It's like I have enough to do. i got a question (laughs) for you. Okay. How did you come up with Jingle Bob Productions? Because that is such a Western iconic word. Oh, um, I I thought about just different different things and... uh, Ten star, blah blah blah, and all that, and they've already been taken. Either you can go online and you can look what what limited corporation name in Texas has already been taken, and I just happened to think of Jingle Bob. It just came to me, so I used that. And I, hopefully, I can get it off the ground. The name of the movie that I'm trying to produce is Lost Pines. Mm-hmm. I live in Bastrop County, and the name that Bastrop. It's a very old historic town in Texas, and it's called the City of the Lost Pines because they're, you know, they have the Piney Woods in East Texas, and these pine trees are kind of separated from them, and nobody really knows where in the world they came from, why, you know, why these pine trees that are in East Texas are suddenly down here in Central Texas. So they always called it the Home of the Lost Pines, and that's part of the deal that the movie is, is the prostitute tells the sheriff. She's dying, and she said, oh, I got lost along the way, just like the pine trees. And he said, oh, honey, you didn't get lost, you just went astray. You know, kind of like what I've done in my life. Anyway, um... If you got I'm, a Wilford Brimley get... part in there, I'm available. <laughs> uh, what I'm looking for now is... I, see, Courtney Joyner helps me a lot. He's in Hollywood, and he gives mm-hmm. me advice. And I'm pestering... I really pester him to death, is what I really do. But he suggested, he said, Vicki, you need to try to get a named actor who also wants to try his hand at directing. And that way you Ooh, can get great idea. signed on right away. So if you are a named actor and you would like to try your hand at directing, 
please give me a call or an email, and I would love to get with you. Or us, and uh, we'll pass it on. Yeah. Yeah, well, so that's what I'm looking unfortunately, at. Right unfortunately, Vicki, you might be opening yourself up to uh, a can of worms because there is a T-shirt in this town that says um, on the front of it, it's black and it's white letters, and it says, well, you know, I, I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm a serious actor. And on the back it says, but what I really want to do is direct. Yes. So you never know what could happen. Yeah, well, that's okay. But honestly, I feel I wrote the script, and I feel like I wrote it so that basically all it needs is a traffic cop. I mean, I, I wrote it so that, you know, this actor shows this emotion, this actor shows that emotion. So, you know, the director can take it in any, any way he wants to, but if he wants to just do it straight from the script, it's there. He can do it. I you like know, the actors I, can understand I, it and go for it. I like the description on the uh, lostpines.website <laughs> where it says Lost Pines isn't a, quote, Santa Claus goes to effing Deadwood to slay a vampire, close quote, Western love that line. It's a retro 1950s film that exposes the underlying desires of the things people wish for. Sheriff Roy Kincaid thinks he wants to end his affair with the mixed-up prostitute Jinx and get back with his wife. But peace is what he really seeks in his town and in his personal life. Dub thinks he wants to continue his affair with one of the, with the sheriff's wife, Lisa. But when the vulnerable Emma shows up, he turns his heart to the kind of relationship he really craves. Grey Wolf thinks he wants his white son-in-law dead, but what he really wants is his son-in-law's respect. Cordelia thinks she's fighting for social justice trying to free a prisoner, but what she really wants is to create a big enough stink that her father will hear about it and come home for Christmas. It's all interwoven with the beloved Western motifs. The flawed and beleaguered sheriff standing up for what's right, mob crowds demanding immediate justice, and men resorting to violence to hold on to what's theirs. What a great description. There'll be a brighter day tomorrow. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> it, 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 it's, a one set, it's a one set story, too, isn't it? Mm -hmm. which yes, is, it is. Which is it's, great. It's, you know, could you ever think about mm -hmm. maybe having uh, turn it into a play? Um, actually, yes. I was trying to raise money for a royal organization I belong to, and that was, we, we, I had written the script, and I didn't really, wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. I liked it, I thought it was good, but I wasn't sure what I was going to try to do with it. And we were going to try to raise money by putting, using it to put on a play, and then COVID hit, and I said, we just said, oh, well, forget about that, we can't do that. And actually what we were going to try to do is put some statues of Stephen F. Austin and another important Republic of Texas figure up on the courthouse in front of the uh, uh, city hall in Bastrop. And then COVID hit, and then everybody decided they wanted to take statues down. So that just like, fell totally apart. Yeah. So we, I thought about it. I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to try to produce this movie myself. I just did and I, I had heard it was an uphill battle, and it is. I can you know, tell you a way you don't to do have it. That background, it's an uphill battle. I can tell you a way to do it a lot cheaper. You do it with sock puppets. <laughs> yes, yes, we could have done it with sock puppets. Or you make a radio play out of it. Yeah, you got three. Yeah. Ca you got three well, cast members right here. <laughs> hey, I, you, you've got two other scripts out there: Hangtown and Crossfire Junction. Anything happening mm -hmm. with those? 
No, no. And the thing of it is, with um, I wrote Hangtown. I put a child in it, and later on, I Courtney said he said for low budget, they do not like to, nobody likes to work with children. It's too. It's too. It's it, it's too complicated. It, it, it's not cost effective, and blah blah blah. So I, I, it's a good script, but I don't think anything will ever come of it because it has a child in it. And and Constan and the other one, dang, I can't even remember the name of it now. But it's about a woman stagecoach owner, and and I don't. It has dog in it, and that might be. <laughs> Something you know. Uh, well, the, train, the, the, the next one's going to have trains. <laughs> so this one, so this next one, I thought, okay, it's not having kids, it's not having a dog, it doesn't need, it, it has no, you know, it's no rain, one ring, no nights. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what you do, what you do is hang on to Hangtown, and you wait till some mm-hmm. young little, you know, like a Shirley Temple type comes along and is really hot, then that's when you push for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. But anyhow, I and I had kind of just do you know, more or less as a hobby. I I was in college and I had to take an upper level class, so I took script writing, thinking I'll never use this. But I enjoyed it so much. I really liked it. So it was something I kind of like to dabble in. And then when I did finish um, Lost Pines, I thought this is. I think it's good. This one is, is, I think, good, and it's something that I think I can produce. So you're waiting for the entertainment attorney to uh, review the budget and uh, pretty much everything else, right? Well, I have I have the budget done. I have the preliminary schedule done. I have the preliminary budget done. I send him the contracts that I will have to get uh, investors to sign. But until I can actually get... I, I'm trying to get this actor director signed up, and that way, once they I get someone like that signed up, then it would be so much easier for me to go around and and collect the money from investors. You know, the funny thing is, like, you know, what you're doing is so hard to do, but if you mm-hmm. get lucky and you get the right person, all of a sudden, all that uphill stuff becomes greased downhill. It, it, then it starts going too fast, and you're you're being forced to. Do things that you're not you don't don't want to do because it's it's like we got to do it now. Yes, well, it's, it's I'm an adventure. To get this right. It will be. It's an adventure, is right, and it has been very very complicated. The hope the business is super complicated. There's a lot of rules. At the same time, people just kind of do it however they want. But it, it that's kind of doesn't sound exactly right, but. There are so many rules you have to follow with the union actors, and I'm trying to. Texas is right to work, so I don't have to use a union crew, but it's it because I can't afford it for one thing. I well, would if I could afford it, but I can't. Well, why so not? You do have to. Use why, why why not just use uh, uh, Texas grown folk? Oh, I'd well, love to. I I sent an email to Thomas Hayden Church people and. And one of them, I just I just send emails all over. I send it to the ace and the manager, whoever. If I could have found Thomas Hayden's mother's email address, I would have sent her an email too. But uh, I wanted him for the sheriff. And somebody from his camp emailed me back and said, "Well, send us the script." But I haven't heard back from them. But I did. You know, he lives he lives here in Texas. You know, uh, so, Todd. And, <laughs> Todd can verify this because this is one thing. 
um, you need to be very careful with this. You're going to run into people out there who make a career out of promoting, or promoting and producing pictures that never get made. They draw their salaries. They go through all the things. They have the meetings. Uh, they get they get backers together. And one of the one of the things that happens is so many people uh, want to try their hand at being a movie producer, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll come on board right up to the point. They'll go to the meetings and make decisions and stuff. But the, but it comes to the point where they have to sign the check. And mm-hmm. you're starting all over again. And I'm not saying to right. discourage you. It's just it's the reality of, of, of some of the pitfalls mm-hmm. out there. You're 100% yeah, right, Bunker. And, and a lot of people buy scripts because they already have a script that they have in mind or working on. And your script comes along, and it's very similar to their idea. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. buy yours and keep and get the screen rights so that it's not in competition with their project mm-hmm. or right. they use it as, as collateral. Um, so now they have this other screenplay that they have in mind for somebody else. And they say, you know, uh, and that person maybe not, uh, is wanting to work on their project and they'll say, well, listen, if you do my project, I have this other project for you. That's great. Mm-hmm. If it all comes together, both projects, but if, the first project doesn't happen. They don't then say, oh, well, you turned down my project. Now let me give you this other project or script that isn't mine, even though I have the screen rights. Because mm-hmm. that it, it, it's always they always want to make their own project, their own passion. Mm-hmm. Every, every single They're project's ready. a passion project. Now that's half of the industry. The other half of the industry is just thieves. <laughs> so, you know, let's be, yeah. let's be aware of that as well, which is why... You need to take your script and get it registered at the writers at the Writers Guild, the WGA, which is here in LA. It, it is. It's registered. It's, okay. it's registered, copyrighted, okay. and it's as it is registered with the WGA. Good. And, uh, and I would also lastly tell you: don't give people copies. Email people. Then you always have a trace of I gave it to this person on this date at this time, and there's no disputing. That's- yeah, and, and this script pops up and looks awful much like you yours, can. yeah. All right, we got to yeah, yeah. We got to do our next yeah. break here, so something to draw on there. <laughs> We're talking with author Vicki J. Rose, also known as Easy Jackson. She's out of Texas. Todd Roberts, Bunker to France, and Harry Alexander here on Amal Francie's Voices of the West. And... We're going to be back with much more right after these important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com. 
and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Tucson Traffic Skeet invites you to bring the family out this summer. We have a clubhouse and a restaurant for you to enjoy. Our summer hours are Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're located at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. Call 883-6426. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts, and our guest is author Vicki J. Rose. Well, it's all right to burn daylight, <laughs> but Pilgrim, you better not burn that biscuit. Not be slapping bacon, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Slap bacon, partner. <laughs> Anywho. Hey, Vicky. I noticed yeah. I, I'm I'm a weird person because I, I look for things that aren't there and I find them and see them. And I was looking at the cover of A Bad Place to Die by this character named Easy Jackson. And on the cover <laughs> And you're thinking I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> Jesse James. Tyrone Power, right? Tyrone Power. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. The people at um, Kensington, I can't remember. They asked me what he looked like or something. I said, well, he looks like Tyrone. I said, oh, he looks like Tyrone Power. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Anyway. Okay, well, I got got another one here for you then. (laughs) This has has to do... With the first cover for Treasure Hunt in Town, and I love the cover, and they give the, the uh, credits to the images uh, to you. Is that, or is that the right one? No, that's oh, the one. That's, that's the, the painting. That's the painting by Walter McClintock. That is an awesome painting. But I think the first, the first uh, edition of what might have been self-published uh, is a yes, picture of this guy out of town, and I'm figuring that's probably. Back when, from your hometown area, and, but the That's other my th- Uncle Tom. <laughs> I thought so, but this is the other thing too. I noticed in that book, the, it has a paragraph that starts a paragraph before the other copies of the book comes out. It's what it talks uh-huh. about. It talks about Dud liking horses. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Well, I got criticized about that. That I, I'm really not that intelligent with horses <laughs> at all. Every everything I get comes out of books. Well, I love being crazy. Ben K. Green books. I absolutely loved his books. He was he was a best selling author in the seventies, but his books are timeless. They're great, and he had a mare that he loved. So I put down that he loved mares. Well, someone said that is so wrong that cowboys did not like mares. They like geldings, and I'm like, oh. So I took it out of the edition that um, Wolfpack published. That's that's the story behind it. As is. I'm an idiot. What can I say? You no, know, I, no. I do all this research. I try, but I was going by Ben K. Green's love for his mare. If, and it's, that was, if it's any vindication, mm-hmm. I prefer mares myself. Well, right. that makes me feel yeah. good. That makes me feel bad. <laughs> and a lot well, of guys do, because you know, one thing about a mare, uh, you know, it's like the old Hollywood B guys that you all wanted to ride stallions, and. Mm-hmm. The ones that were cowboys, the Tom Mixes and you know they the Luke Gibsons, mm-hmm. those guys, they didn't mm-hmm. have a problem. But you put guys like Hoppy on one of those hot horses, and mm-hmm. you know it's like a call first aid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 I would tell you that uh, although he's an imaginary character, Woodrow F. Call rode a mare by the name of Hellbitch. And she was meaner oh. and tougher and smarter than any stallion or gelding that anybody else rode. Uh, and McMurtry wrote that into the character. And he is he is based on Charles Goodnight uh, as mm-hmm. an inspiration Uncle for Charlie. that character. So um, mm-hmm. I would I would say there's book. nothing wrong with riding mares. Well, that, I did. I was just was stinging from some criticism well, so no, I that, that that's valid criticism because that is mm-hmm. that's like you know it's the uh urban legend type of western history it's just it's always been there and it's true to an extent uh but people forget the old time cowboys weren't horse whisperers they were horse breakers and mm-hmm. it was a whole different whole different horse world than we have today yeah well, it really worries me that I do get things accurate because my father loved Westerns. He also loved science fiction. And he quit reading Westerns for a while because he read that a man was going to take a bunch of steers and that's what he was going to build his herd on was this bunch <laughs> of steers. And so after that, I try to be so careful that I don't make... Because people have noticed, they, you know, readers out there, they are knowledgeable and they will catch those errors that you make. So I do try to do lots of research and talk to lots of people. But um, was, I have pictures of horses all over my house, and but I really am not that intelligent about them. I like them. I like to ride the ones that are real old. <laughs> That's wise. Well, regarding regarding the steers, uh, you know, hey, those steers are just punting mm-hmm. for the other side. I mean, you know. Oh, you know, all 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 that steer is is a bull whose mind has been changed from something else to grass. Right. <laughs> yes, right. It's all he's thinking about is eating grass. <laughs> but you can't really build your future herd with them. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> I, I can just I can just see the opening paragraph. Texas herd. <laughs> Texas herd was not growing, and he couldn't understand why his bull had this eye on this most beautiful steer you had ever seen, but nothing was happening. Uh, tonight, i got a headache. Oh. 
I mean, I shouldn't laugh because I'll probably go make some horrible, stupid mistake. I did have, I, I'm writing something now. It's just taking me forever to get finished, but it's the guy who goes on a cattle drive. And I actually used the first chapter for a short story that's coming out with the Western Fictioneers. They're bringing out a book of short stories soon. And the first chapter will be coming out in that, in that book. But I I had him getting uh, beat up, and a friend of mine read it because I wanted him to make sure that I got the Mustang part right. And he said, Vicky, why didn't he just draw his gun? <laughs> no, <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> well, you know, there, there, there's a movie, and it's all based on a book, Scandalous John, and it's about this old guy who takes his herd to market, which is a... Old Longhorn Steer. <laughs> and, and it, I worked on it. Uh, Brian Keith starred in it. Disney uh, made it. And it was a fun little, it was a family movie, but it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, if you've ever worked with a Longhorn, if they decide mm-hmm. to go up the street, you let them. They're going up the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, has, has anybody in the uh, Western genre uh, decided to maybe start something. In other words, I, I like a lot of Florida authors, uh, Carl Hyacin, Dave Barry, uh, Tom Dorsey, and there, lots of them are crime, uh, crime novelists, but they did a book uh, along with a couple of other authors where each one wrote, wrote, a, wrote a chapter. So they start with a chapter and then it sends, yeah. it goes on to the next author who completes that uh, their chapter, and whether or not it melds into the story, it might, it might not, but eventually it comes back to this the author that started the chain who is supposed to tie it all together. Uh, there, there were some pretty good ones that uh, uh, Hyacin and Barry and, and Dorsey uh, put together, and I'm wondering, do the Western, does the Western genre have They've anything like that. that? They've done that. They, 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 they do. I, I don't know about it. Yeah. I, I, if they do, I don't know about Western. The people who write Westerns are pretty independent, and I don't know if they would go for that or not. There was there really aren't there really aren't a, whole, a lot of co-authors of Westerns. Mm-hmm. You know, like in other genres, mm-hmm. that they will have they'll have like two women writing a book, mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of that in the Westerns. No, genre, there was, we are so dependent minded in the science fiction yeah. community back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. There was a series called Thieves' World. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah. Your dad probably mm-hmm. read it. But it was one mm-hmm. of the most successful series. Yeah, it started with a book, went yeah. through short stories, but every, nobody could change anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was convoluted, but it was fascinating. We're going to do our final break here. We're talking with author Vicki Rose, Vicki J. Rose. You might know her as Easy Jackson. Or VJ. Or VJ. She's also a film producer and uh, all-around good gal, so... We'll be back with much more of, uh, well, actually to wrap up, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, right after these important messages. Do stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda, 
That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Ms. Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. I always like to uh, have a little downer at the yeah. end of the, and that downer isn't the word I'm no, looking for. No, that's, that's, a little, that's uh, mosey music. Yeah, a little mosey music there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker DeFrance and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest, Vicki J. Rose. And, and uh, that was a little mosey music to bring mosey. us back. Mosey. Yeah, and Vicki, I, you know, something that's kind of, I have theories about things, and one of the things which is not theory is when uh, Riders of the Purple Sage was published. A lot of people nowadays, they think, well, it was a Western. It was published and marketed as a Western romance. And that's one of the strong elements in your book, in your books is and your storytelling, is the romance element, the way it's not, it's not the Fabio type of thing, but a realistic, you know, like life is. Boy meets girl. You know, well, falls in love. You know, well, it's a 50-year-old guy falls in love with 17-year-old. That happens. But it works. It's, it's yeah. real happens, especially in Hollywood. But this month's I, issue... I get, a, I get a lot of flack about that book. I think, I think that is so right on. I've seen that all my life. Old, old cow, I know more old cowboys that they're 40, 50, 60 years old, and they got a bride that's at least 30 years younger. And it's just common. Well, I... I I justify that by saying that this girl has a disability and she really needed someone to look after. Well, that's my justification for it. Well, but I do sometimes get in trouble for that one. Well, here, here's <laughs> anyway. the thing. What, what kind of justification do you need for love? I mean, yeah. if it's true love, come <laughs> yeah. on. Well, you know, this, this month's issue of Texas Monthly has an article in there about 
romance writers. And I clipped out a little portion of it because I think this is, you know, because I think some Western writers, especially in fiction, are having problems. They have for a long time, not in their writing, but in the market. And this is what it basically says. 45% of romance writers uh, make enough to support themselves without a day job. Uh, through digital publishing, 17% make more than 100000 a year, which is more than the average working woman makes of 45000 a year. And I think that that tells you something about the market. And my point is that when I was a kid growing up and you would go down to the drugstore, uh, all the pulp magazines, the pulp westerns were sold as ranch romance and western romance. And this is William, William Colt McDonald. This was all of the, Luke Short, all of the foundation writers were writing western romance because that's what, what sells. Sells. And it's still what sells, I believe. That's my well, that's the, my speech. The Virginian, if you go back all the way to the Virginian, yeah. that was that was yeah, between the Virginian and a school teacher. Um, I think I I did a judging of romance novels for the for awards, and what I objected to was I got so tired of hearing about rippling muscles <laughs> that. I, I, reading that phrase, I was just, it was just one phrase after the other. It was yeah. rippling muscles in every book, and I got tired of that. Now, I think all, you know, a good Western can have a romance as long as it doesn't overpower the story, and that's, that's what I try to avoid. That's is, what you is, do. Is, is overpowering the story with romance. And I've, I've heard I've heard that a lot of people say, like the, the older type guys say, well, I don't like to read westerns written by women because usually it's all romance with just a little bit of west thrown in but i do try to do try to have it well the west you know, with just a little romance well, well then in ju- in your in your judging mm-hmm. experience who writes the better romance uh, western a woman or a man and, and i don't know what the answer is and i don't care what the answer is i'm just wondering what you think as being as, uh, I, as a judge i, I the ones that we got in that I got sent that year, because I don't normally read those, and I only did it just because they asked me to. Um, it, it was the women, but men men can do it. I mean, I, well, you know, I you, think anybody can write anything if they if. Yes. I sometimes I I have the male characters, and sometimes it's easier for me to get into the male characters, not you know, than it is the female characters because. Sometimes when you're doing the female characters, it's too close to you. I, sure. I, I, it's hard for me to describe. You're just you're too close to it, mm-hmm. and you can kind of distance yourself from it. And yeah. uh, it's like writing about an Indian. You know, if you're not Indian, how can you write about it? Well, you you try to get in their skin, and maybe get in their skin better than an Indian could get in their right. in that skin okay. because you you're know, standing on the outside. Comment on what you said earlier about you know men having problems sometimes with romance mm-hmm. in the story. Mm-hmm. These same old guys are the same old guys that have a problem with having a strong female character in there. They're guys that are set in their ways, and they there's the guys you know. I was taught something along. Robert Crombie had a, a a TV show on books called Bookbeat, and 
he said one time, he said something one time that stuck with me. He says, you go into somebody's home, you look at their library, and you see all these books, you know, on everything. None of the spines are broken. You go into their bedroom, you look on their bedstand, and it's all the same books. It's all Perry Mason's. It's all Luke Short. It's just, mm-hmm. you, these guys read the same book over and over for their entire life. He says the, the, the real, the inquiring reader, the reader that wants something, will go and read stuff that he doesn't even know if he's interested in it, but he sees something there that makes is curious about. Yeah. Vicky, well, I hope they're curious about my books. And they'll read them. <laughs> exactly. And, and we're coming into the uh, waning moments here of the program and uh, time for selfless, shameless promotion. What's up? What are you working on? Well, right now I'm working on a trail drive book, but the movie is taking up, the movie Lost Pines is taking up all my thoughts, so it's hard for me to concentrate on any other writing, but I do try. But uh, I'm trying to get that Lost Pines up off the ground and get it made. There's a book in this. Yeah, there's a book in there. <laughs> the Making of Lost Pines. And oh, I'll, I'll take, no, no, I don't want what I what, what I plan on doing is taking the script and expanding it into a book eventually. Right. And well, then, and then you can make a movie about making the movie about the making the book. <laughs> the sequel. No, no, no. <laughs> It would all be, I was tearing my hair out the whole time. If you think I was getting gray before, you should see me now. That would be the whole thing. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Oh, gosh. And your website. Thank you so and, much. You bet. But, and the mm-hmm. websites, your websites are, go ahead, sell, My websites are VickyJRose.com, EasyJackson.com, and uh, LostPines.website. It's L-O-S-T-P-I-N-E-S dot website. I didn't use the dot com because it was cheaper to use the dot website there this time. But I hope cool. but you can you can access any get on any of those uh, and they'll take you to another one. I've got it all linked. That's uh, what I did. I, mm-hmm. Right. right. I appreciate it so much. I've had such a wonderful time yes. talking to you guys. Yes. You're great. We, Thank you we, so much. We had fun as well, and uh, we'll certainly be watching for the uh, movie. Keep us posted on, on what's happening with the I'm movie. I'm going home and make some popcorn now yeah. just to get ready. Cause, uh, get ready. We get wa- ready. We want to help, help promote that as much as we possibly can. Yeah, we'll have a world premiere here in Tucson. There you go. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Or we that can sounds do, great. Or it's digitized. Um, we could, we could do a train trip. No, no. A, a set no, and then no, just, no, 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 no. Watch and travel no, and look no, out the window. No, 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 not not. A, Harry, no. you gotta you gotta think like Hollywood. That, that's one possibility. And now I'm, I'm no, Harry, you I'm gotta you gotta think big. <laughs> you gotta think big, Harry. Yeah. We'll show it on the walls of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Well, anyway, Vicky, well, get your hand puppets ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vicky, thank you so much for joining us. It's been thank a you. real pleasure. Thank you so much. You are Thank a hoot. You. I right. love you. Bye-bye. All right. And I seem to have lost everything else with Todd there. So we're Lost Todd, of, too? I've lost Todd. So lost we're, Todd. We're out of, we're out of uh, time anyway. So uh, that's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back with you next week. 78. 79. Adios. So long.
Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.